Time and time again, people come to Sage International Incorporated because they experience confusion about the entity or entities they have formed either on their own or through another service provider. If you do not understand how to obtain solid liability protection, effective tax reduction, or have never given any thought to the importance of exit or estate planning issues, then the Sage Facilitator Program was designed specifically for you. To learn more, call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 and schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill today. The SAGE clients enrolled in the SAGE Facilitator Program have discovered that this proprietary process creates tremendous peace of mind for themselves and their families. It's time for you to stop worrying by calling 775-786-5515 to learn more so we can help you today. Call SAGE International. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Exciting to be talking with you today because I've been all across the Southwest driving around to different cities and looking at real estate in other areas to see if there's anything that really compares to Reno as far as the pricing. I mean, I've always said that Reno seems to be like a high-priced market. But lately, in my drives to the areas of Utah, Arizona, Colorado, I'm finding that there's a lot of consistency now in our pricing. So that's telling me that things are stabilizing in the sense, at least uh, when you compare the Reno market to Albuquerque, to Durango, Colorado, to St. George, Utah, not quite as different as it used to be. We'll talk about those things and look at the stats that we just received recently from the Sierra Nevada Realtors. You'll be interested to see what the median home prices are looking like in the northern Nevada area. Also joining me today, Alan Zane, president and owner of Atlas Red Realty and the Ant Space Networking location. We're going to be talking to him about those things, the status of the real estate market, and maybe some opportunities for investors, even in this tight market. That and more after this. If you love teaching and want to make a difference in the lives of our young children, become a teacher at Community Services Agency. Hi, my name is Brandi Dunbar, and I've lived here in Reno my entire life. I've worked for child care for the last 17 years, and I just started working at CSA about a year ago, and I absolutely love it. Here at CSA, teachers have more time to plan, more time to teach, and more time to play. Call 786-6023. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. A lot of our listeners, well, they're real estate investors, and they know that they're in business. That means owning a business. Yes, just because you have one rental. Maybe you moved out of your home, now bought a bigger home. You're renting the old place. Congratulations, you're in business. You need to conduct yourself like you're in business. Otherwise, people might take unfair advantage of you. You know, slips and falls, attorneys. Lawsuits, all bad things can happen when you own a business. That's why you have to be secure in the way that you own your business. It's not just about insurance. It's about safety in the way that your business is incorporated. I encourage you to talk to Sherry Hill from Sage International. Give her a call at 800-254-5779 and ask her about the right way to incorporate your business or maybe change the status of your business. Why? She has 30 years of experience doing this for clients all across the country. Big success for her at Sage International and for you, too. Check out the website, sageintl.com. And tell Sherry that Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, Alan Zane, longtime real estate professional in northern Nevada and owner of Atlas Red Realty 
and the Ant Space Networking Group. Welcome to the show, Alan Zane. Thank you, Peter. Glad to be here. It's glad to see you, too. For it's been a long time, Alan, but I know that you've been out and about doing things. My lovely partner and wife, Sherry Hill, she has been telling me off and on that she communicates with you. She went to a function, I think, at your office not long ago. Tell us a little bit about the Ant Space location. Last time I visited, I think you had just started that process. Maybe it was two or three years ago. How's it going? It's going well, going well. We, we actually launched just three weeks before COVID hit, but we kept it going uh-huh. and we were able to reopen again. Yeah. So the ant space, is, uh, it's, it's just growing at a really nice pace. Everybody's, um, it's just a great community of people that get together. And we take the entrepreneurs that are essentially, you know, you have an idea and you're, you're, you know, you're working out of the kitchen table, working out of your house, yep. and you need to get to that next level. Well, the next level is usually where you go rent some space, uh, you know, office space. Um, you, you actually go into quite a bit of, you know, debt and liability to get that, make that happen. Well, we are the space in between that to help give you a leg up. We're a professional co-working center. We have everything you could need to make yourself look amazing in business. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you can grow your business. And then when you're ready, we'll help you then go into that office space or that warehouse or whatever you need to do to grow it to the next level. I've known of a lot of businesses that have started, but they've struggled, and many of them have not made it, Alan, because the costs of the launch, the takeoff, is so big. I mean, you have to start with a, a space, either renting it, buying a building, and then all of the equipment, staff, um, and then you never have enough. You know, you always need more, and suddenly a lot of businesses find out they're spending more on operating their business than they're making on the income. And I'm sure that Antspace really helps solve a lot of those issues. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly who our target market was. Um, we, we have affordable options where you, you can come in and just sit anywhere in the place and have access to the conference rooms, the copier, printer, machine. You know, we have a kitchen, we have a barbecue area outside. You, know, you can bring clients in, entertain. We have an executive room where you can sit down and just wow your clients. Mm-hmm. And you can get all that for 125 bucks a month. That's where we start. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, the, the leases in northern Nevada, especially in Reno Sparks, they've gone up dramatically in small business uh, locations. I know a lot over the course of the last several years, Alan, I know since really just before COVID hit, a lot of businesses, they moved or they closed down because when things roared back, Many of the landlords, they had too much demand on the property. They had to uh, renegotiate, and many of those old businesses, they just couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah, and especially during COVID, um, for a little while there, I thought we were going to turn into a speakeasy. The way we had people calling up, and they, they just needed to, their business to stay alive, but their office space was closed up. Uh-huh. So we had to make some hard decisions during that time. What are the types of businesses that find the most benefit, Alan, from using uh, a networking space like what you have at Ant Space? Boy, you know, when, when I first started this, I thought it would just be, you know, professional office type of things, but it's it's so far went past our expectations. Um, Wolfpack Moving Company is there, mm. and they're a full, full-fledged moving company in the northern Nevada region. Mm-hmm. We have uh, photographers. We have people that are engineers that are just working from home, uh, we're working from home and now need an office space to kind of get away from the home and separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have couples that come in where they can't work together on a constant basis and live together. So 
you know, sometimes they'll be, uh, you know, so they'll come in Monday, Tuesday, the other one will come in Thursday, Friday, that kind of a thing. You might save a marriage or two that way, too. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you work too close with people. Yeah. Uh, it can be a problem, but, <clears throat> you know, a little bit of space sometimes can create some really good opportunities for everybody because, uh, well, we all need variety in our work. When I went to visit your facility when it first opened, I just couldn't believe how big it was. Alan, it was more than a building, right? It's, is it two buildings or three buildings? How big is it? So we, we have two buildings. Um, one is about 8,000 square feet. The other one's about 5,000. We're currently renovating the 5,000 square foot one, and that's going to open up more space, more meeting spaces, a uh, larger conference room. It's going to have like an atrium as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to really make it an amazing space to come in and, and really have, uh, you know, do speakers and presentations. Um, you asked earlier some of the other business I was thinking while we, while you were talking is we have we have balloon companies that come and you know make balloons and put in there for wedding ceremonies. Um, we have uh, we have uh, accountants. We have um, people that help with uh, with with, with uh, life insurance. We have people that help with oh what you know some of the other ones the uh, like like helping with um, asset uh, like stocks and investment bonds mm, financial like planners that. kind yeah, of financial thing planners yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, nice. So for the people that don't know where the Ant Space is located, why don't you give us the address? 1925 East Prater Way. And it, it is in between Sparks Boulevard and Vista Boulevard. And if you know where the police station is, Sparks Police Station, you go past that heading eastbound. There's an empty lot, and then there's our two buildings, the Ant Space. Can't miss the sign. Oh, very nice. Sounds like a safe area right near the police station. It is. Yeah. 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 Very good, the Ant Space. How did you come up with that name? Well, that's an interesting name for a networking facility. <laughs> you know, I, I just in life, uh, I noticed as a you know as a child, and you know, if you kick an ant pile, there's a specific activity they do, they do. And I noticed that ants don't spend a whole lot of time figuring out, you know, what went wrong and who's gonna, you know, they don't blame anybody. They just get to work and rebuild the ant pile. Yeah, yeah, and that's that true. is that was one of the significant things we wanted to help people just get work and ho- and help solve each other together and mm-hmm. and make it happen. And Lisa's grandfather would always sing her a little bit little song about that little ant's gonna gonna move that rubber tree plant. Oh yeah, and we yes. kind of formed a bond over that, and we decided the ant space was a great a great name, and we love it. And well, those ants are pretty strong, every one of them. They can carry multiple times their weight, can't they? Yes. They can do a whole lot, and they work in cooperation with each other. They really are a team-spirited kind of, of a society, the ants are. Yeah. So it does make good sense when you're looking at putting together a cooperative where people can help other people and, uh, you know, make a success of their business. Some pe- A lot of people nowadays, they're doing business out of their home, maybe out of their back backyard or garage, but they need more of a professional presentation sometimes and I know that would be one of the best things that you would get from a facility like Ant Space if you've got an entrepreneurial spirit is you immediately have that professional feel and also that uh, feedback I'm sure a lot of your businesses talked with each other probably new acquaintances get together and before long you have a, a new brain trust in many ways right new people to talk to about how to improve business how to do things in a better way yeah we do we do people it's you know when we look at co-working centers, usually the, the guidelines are you have to have a host there, and the host greets people at the door when they come in, and you know new member people that are thinking of joining, and that they'll give them a tour. And what we found is kind of funny is our members will see that someone new walks in, and they'll, they'll get out of their chair and walk up to the to the new 
prospect and say, hi, how are you doing? And they'll give them a tour on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's just how we all work together down there. Well, networking is still a pretty good key in success in business, wouldn't you say, Alan? Yeah, definitely. I was talking with Sherry Hill the other day about networking and how, you know, there, there are times in my career that I feel like I don't need to network because I'm so busy, right? I got so much going on. I got all kinds of things happening. And after that, I got more stuff going on. And so, you know, you tell, I told myself, well, maybe I just don't need to network, at least not for the time being. But I remember the times when I did need to network. Alan, and it seems like as you're newer in your business and you're newer in your career, in those times of your life, that's when you need to let people know what you're doing. I'm in the advertising business. Networking is just like that. When you're networking, you're talking to people about your business. You're talking about what you can do and how you can help people solve their problems or whatever issue they might have. And hopefully, business will grow from that. If you don't network, if you don't advertise, you pretty much are running on your own steam. <clears throat> Maybe somebody who's in their 90s like I am, we can run on our own steam to the end. But most people, they need to have that constant replenishment of steam. And in my world, it's advertising and networking. So although you're not in the advertising business per se, you are in the networking business, aren't you? I am. And you help people do that very same thing just by getting them into your building in a way. Yeah, you know, we we also we, we do these art shows where we bring in local artists who, who we coined it as artists who need to be discovered. And we bring them to the ant space, and then mm-hmm. we, we host a, a networking event from time to time. And, you know, I always hated going to networking events when they were quoted as a networking event. I feel like there was so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted ours to be different. So we actually, you know, we provide drinks and food and, and everything, and we... We really make it just a nice, friendly atmosphere, and and we don't. We tell people, you know, bring your business cards, but just get to know everybody in the room and just start talking to them and talk about find things that you connect with, mm-hmm. right? F- like with uh, maybe you like to ride motorcycles. Someone in the room is going to ride a motorcycle. You can talk to them about that, right? Don't make networking where it's a pain in the butt. Make it something where it's something you're really going to get out there and want to do because it's just so natural to do so. It is part of work, but it shouldn't be feeling like work. Networking, I believe, Alan Zane, it's supposed to be fun and enlightening and, you know, prosperous and a joy, really, when you're talking with good people about doing good things. I love the ant space. You, sir, are a real estate professional, many years in the business. When we come back, I want to talk about the real estate market in northern Nevada and look at those numbers. We'll be right back. A gratifying career as a CSA Head Start teacher or early Head Start teacher is your chance of a lifetime. Hello, I'm Yvette Clark, and I've been in northern Nevada for over 50 years, and I've worked at CSA for one year. We do a family restaurant-style eating at Early Head Start, and the kids try all new foods. We would love to have you join us. Give us a call if you're interested, 775-786-6023. You're tuned in to 93.7 FM, tuning in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. We're in our, our 18th year of weekly broadcasts, helping people make great decisions when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. I remember back in 2012 when I was doing the show, I was telling people, you've got to buy real estate. You've got to buy real estate. And many people were saying, I don't know, Peter, the prices are still kind of high. I'm not sure if they're down to the bottom yet. Uh, but maybe some of them did. And a lot of people did, in fact. A lot of people missed the boat. But if you bought in uh, 2012, January specific, you bought at the bottom of the market in this 
decade, century. $150,000 was the median home price in 2012. I remember it well because everybody was telling me they didn't have any money. Everybody was telling me they thought prices were going to go down even more. The number one question I had when I was a mortgage lender in those days was, have we hit the bottom yet? Well, I didn't tell them that we had hit the bottom right then because I didn't know we'd hit the bottom. Nobody does until you pass it. Come June of 2012, we knew we had hit the bottom because it was already up to about 165, close to 170. Now, the median home prices, I, I struggle even to say those numbers. Alan Zane, can you believe how much value has grown in real estate over the course of the last 11 years? Yeah, I, I think I can. And, I, and I, I, I've always believed in the Reno market even more than any other markets out there. And I think it well, has a lot to do with our proximity to the to, to California and I think that that's driven a lot of it and I also think that the Tahoe Reno Industrial Center that was really a catalyst that really ignited this flame and really made this thing really roar yeah I don't think Reno's ever going to go back to those old days around 2012 when we've got dirt rock dirt bottom prices like that Reno has been discovered nationwide it really has uh, I, I more and more people when they mention the word Reno they they no longer think about that Johnny Cash song. They no longer think about the divorce capital of America <laughs> or the easy gambling. They really do think about it being a prosperous, hip place to live. And that's why I'm here, Alan. I'm hip. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are, Peter. <laughs> so the median home price, I was looking at it from what it was last year about this time. 622000 was what the number was in June of 2022. In fact, it was at 670000 was about the median home price in Reno Sparks. Well, today, things have backed off just a little bit. Now, if you look at just Reno, $622,000 is the most recent median home price. That's up substantially from the month prior, over 9%. But it's actually down a little bit from last year, down 2%. Alan, I thought earlier this year that we'd see home prices go down dramatically from last year. I thought by this time of the year, We'd be off maybe 10, 15, who knows, even more percent from last year simply because, well, the economy has gotten so garbage-like. I mean, gas costs, what, two times as much, maybe three times as much as it used to. Groceries are out of the world. Uh, they're so expensive. Everything has just gone up so high. I was reading in the Wall Street Journal today that car prices are going up at an incredibly high rate. And child care up two or three times as much as it was just a little over a year ago, all because of this this troublesome economy. And yet, the housing market really hasn't been hit. You know, I think it's because demand for housing has never backed off. It's only the interest rates that are even slowing it down. Mm -hmm. And what I notice is every time we have a little dip in the rates, even a quarter point, eighth of a point, mm -hmm. you see the inventory, bloop, just go away. And that tells me that, 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 that the demand is still really, really high. And I think it makes sense because when we have so many more people in our country and, and, and even in our area flooding into this area here, and we're not building enough houses to keep up with that, and, and you're seeing, like, supply chain demands where you, you can't find certain parts. Before, you, could, you wanted an air conditioner, but now it takes uh, six weeks to, to two months to find that air conditioner, whereas before it was just on the shelf. Right. right? That's all slowing down housing prices. Um, finding good labor, that's also another huge thing. And whenever those things continue, and we still make babies, which means we're still creating more people that want more houses, and that's going to keep that demand up. 
we're really far behind in the number of houses in our country and definitely in our area. So I, you know, I know that that a lot of it, and people talk about the fact that we're not building enough homes, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact is, too, Alan, that we're not we're not selling enough, enough homes. The existing homes are just not selling nowadays because most people don't want to sell a home that probably has a mortgage on it of two or three or maybe at the most four percent, knowing that they're going to have to out go out after they sell their home, buy another one, probably with a mortgage, but now the rates are more like 7%. It's a huge difference in the payment. Uh, this uh, this whole economic activity that has taken place since 2000 has really, really turned the uh, world of home buying, the world of economics upside down because uh, the demand is still there. You're right. People still want homes, but they can't buy them. They just cannot afford to buy a home unless they pay cash because the interest rates are so high. So, uh, you know, at first everybody was glad with the low interest rates, and the problem that was causing was that prices were going up because the interest rates were so low. Nobody really seemed to mind that much. Now interest rates are up, and prices aren't moving really down like they should be comparatively, and now people are upset because they can't afford to buy a home. What do you tell some of the prospects that you talk to, Alan, that, are, that have these same struggles? You know, this is what I've been telling people is is find some creativity in the deal. For Perhaps um, talk to your lender and look at doing some rate buy-downs because the market is essentially pricing at these current rates at seven, seven and a quarter percent. Yeah. But we, we bought a house recently. We were, we were able to buy the rate down to 5.9%. Mm-hmm. It was $3,400. Oh. In, in 22 months, we're ahead of the game. Yeah. And this wasn't a three, two, one buy down or one of those temporary buy down situations where it's good for three, two or one years. Ours was for a 30 year deal. Mm-hmm. Those are out there and mm-hmm. find your lender that will actually help you find that kind of a deal because you can negotiate at the prices based on a higher interest rate, but you're going to get a lower interest rate and that's where the deal is. And yeah. that's where you need to get creative with it. A good friend of mine who helped me out tremendously in the early days of my mortgage world his name, Robert Cunnington. Robert moved to the East Coast many years ago, but he taught me something very important, and that was to talk to my clients, my mortgage clients, about the fact that what they were really paying for their mortgage, uh, for their home rather, was, was not the price that they paid for the home, uh, you know, the sticker price. What they actually paid was the payment every month times 360 for a 30-year mortgage. Mm-hmm. You take that math, and that is the amount of money that you pay for a home. The terms, in fact, is really what he said are the most important. He said, Peter, you could sell me a shack for a million dollars. If I only have to pay a dollar a year, <laughs> I'll take it right. because the terms are so good, right? So no matter what the price is, if you can negotiate good terms, which means the interest rate, which means the number of months on the loan, and which also means any costs associated there, any add-ons that might be there, um, and if you can negotiate any credits, solar credits, they were big in the 2012 area, era, Allen. And I noticed that earlier this year in 2023, there were some sellers that were offering concessions. Is there much talk about that now? There, there is. And especially as the market gets higher, things that are over, just as a ballpark, over $500,000 or so mm-hmm. in our market, they're going to be a, a much higher uh, chance of getting more seller concessions out of them because those are those are pushing up against those those definitely higher monthly payments. So they're not getting near as many showings and 
those are much more motivated sellers than the ones that are at the lower price end. Yeah, and sometimes those concessions, they might be relatively small on a small transaction, but th- so they, they might appear like they're a bigger percentage. You get up to some of these bigger, bigger deals that are over 500000 like you're talking about, and that same concession could probably not be that big of a deal to where the seller might just think, that, that could be a good thing to do. We'll get, let's get this transaction done. Let's move forward and let's get going. Um, however, I also have heard that uh, the premium pricing is something that's still out there for certain properties where people are bidding more than what the property is being asked to sell for. Do you see or hear about that too, Alan? Yeah, if you've got a really amazing product, you're going to get you're going to get high price, and you can get in, still get into a bidding war if you're selling that pro- product, or or if you're trying to buy, just be aware that that could happen. Yeah, um, I'm seeing things at the lower end, like uh, condos and things in the 250 range on down. Those are selling just as almost as fast as you can list them. Mm-hmm. So so my properties are still moving pretty hard here, regardless of what those rates are. Yeah, so the right deal uh, can certainly get some interest. And one of the things that we talk about often on our show, Alan, is that rates may be at 7% or so right now, and they might stay there for a while. But everything that goes up eventually comes down. Just like everything goes down, eventually comes up. So I'm real glad that the people who took advantage of 25 3.5%, 4% interest rates were able to do that. But that doesn't mean that it'll never happen again. 7% is still pretty high. Last record uh, that I saw, Alan, it indicated that 7% mortgage rates are higher than they've been in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take that with, with some knowledge that as things move up, there's always adjustments, and then when they come down, more adjustments can happen. When we come back, we're going to look more at the stats that we're talking about for the Northern Nevada real estate markets after this quick message. While the kids are being cared for at Early Head Start, parents are able to maintain a job, go back to school, do whatever they need to do to support their family. Hi, my name is Miss Camilla. I work for Early Head Start. I am in the baby room. I absolutely love it. I love working with the babies. They are newborns to one-year-olds and it's just very, very heartwarming. If you want a great job and love kids, come see us at Head Start and Early Head Start. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. The most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. The young people of America, the young people of Northern Nevada, these are the future homeowners of America. I want to make sure that they're really smart, intelligent, have their act together, and I'm sure you do too. But you know, a lot of these young kids, they come from impoverished families, maybe. They've got troubles uh, socially within their family. Well, they're in many of the cases, they're, they're displaced in some way, shape, or form. At-risk students are what I'm talking about. These are the kids that really need help in northern Nevada. And with all the problems we've had over the past, last few years, many of them have fallen behind in their schoolwork. Some of these young kids, they're behind one grade, two grade, even three grades. Heck, I know even some fifth and sixth graders that can't even read. 
well, what's a person to do? There's a great organization in town called Empower Youth Foundation. They focus on the young at-risk students, and they help them get their grades back up with one-on-one education right here at the Fit Learning Facility in northern Nevada, here in Reno. It's really an incredible facility, and sometimes these kids can catch up to their peers. They might be behind a grade. If they're behind a grade, they can get caught up in as little as 40 hours of working with one of the coaches at the Empower Youth Foundation. I'd love to have you support more kids and help support the future homeowners of America to be great citizens. A good way to do that is to visit the website, empoweryouthfoundation.org. Make a generous donation and see if you can help in any way, shape, or form. Tell them Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, Alan Zane, president and owner of Atlas Red Realty and the Antspace Networking Facility right here in Sparks. Alan, when I think about Atlas Red Realty, I think about way, way back in the early 2000s. What year was uh, Atlas Red formed? Was it in 2010, maybe? I formed the company, yeah, I formed the company way back in about 2003, I believe it was. Okay. But I didn't actually open up my own brokerage until 2010. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I remember that you introduced me, I believe, to, it was you that introduced me to a very dynamic woman that many people know of here in northern Nevada, Maggie Bird. You remember Maggie Bird? Oh, man, I love Maggie Bird. I haven't seen Maggie in a while. I know she's still out and about. But she was instruction, energy, dynamic. She was just so incredible when I first met her. I couldn't believe And she was running the entire real estate office of Ramcor Real Estate. Maggie was like sipping off a fire hose. <laughs> really? <laughs> she was. It was amazing to be around her. And a lot, of, uh, a lot of successful real estate agents I know that are still in practice here in northern Nevada they started with Maggie Bird. She has educated many, many of these pros, hasn't she? She really has. I, I was at a, a CE class the other day, and there was just happened to be a group of about three or four of us that had all, you know, grown up under the tutelage of Maggie Bird. And at the end of the class, you know, after being surrounded by all of our peers and things, we got together and just we were having a glass of wine and talking, you know. And we kind of paused and looked at each other, and we're like, we're different, aren't we? And we said it's because of Maggie. Like, yeah. she taught us totally different. Mm-hmm. She, we, we see things totally different than than, than most of our peers. And um, she was just an amazing person. And and the, and the industry is better off because of her. Yeah, if I if I remember something about Maggie Bird uh, when she was in high activity in Northern Nevada, everybody that talked to me about Remcor Real Estate said that that's where the most creative deals seem to come from in the real estate world. Uh, because many times it involved uh, a different kind of a transaction. Maybe there was an add-on, perhaps. Maybe it was something to take it off. But there was something, always something different involved. And a lot of times you need creative structuring to make some of these tough deals come together. You're right. You're right. I mean, our our first training, we learned every creative way possible to buy and sell, lease, and operate real estate. And then I almost felt like it was almost an afterthought. She said, oh, by the way, you can sell them cash conventional FHA and VA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can do it the regular way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's that? Like, yeah. There was, you know, you know, you know, two hours spent on that and, you know, mm-hmm. weeks and weeks spent on the others. Yeah. She's a great resource, and I still think about her often, Alan. But I know you carry a lot of the knowledge you get you get from uh, Remcor, from Maggie Bird, uh, into your daily work at Atlas Red uh, Real Estate. Are you guys... Focusing on residential properties, 
commercial investment properties, the whole bit. What is it you're primarily doing? We help people. We help local people. That, what that means is that we do residential real estate, and we also do what I would call light commercial real estate. We're not here to bring in a Walgreens or land a giant Walmart. We don't have that kind of national exposure for what we do. But we're certainly going to help local business owners where they want to get, get into bigger you know, bigger spaces and spaces within our local economy here. That's our target market. Mm-hmm. Are you finding uh, that some businesses are able to expand in this economy um, into uh, you know, another location, a bigger location? Yeah, I, I am, and what I've what I've also noticed is that the, a lot of these places, it's like they expand in one area and they've contracted in others, mm. so they no longer need near as much office space, because now with the onset of Zoom meetings and types, you know, online meetups and things like that, people are working from home a lot more. But what, but the products, and if you think about how everything is now delivered to your door, think about ten years ago. If someone said Amazon was going to be delivering, you know, uh, you know, it's a, just a, a luggage to your door, it's like, okay, great, it'll be all beat up and, yeah. you know, show up in, you know, nine weeks or something. Now you order it, it shows up the next day or even, you know, the next day after, afterwards. Yeah. That's what's happening in business as well. And so people need these larger facilities to actually, uh, to, to actually run their sort of distribution networks out of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Nowadays when you get package delivered from one of the services the boxes are so secure sometimes the item you want is in two boxes so they're ultimately safe i mean you could almost ship people that way (laughs) because uh very i've never really recalled any over the course of the last five years any damage on any packages that we received uh, because uh, they are so uh, well packaged from the source now um the uh the pricing of homes hasn't really impacted our population in northern Nevada. Uh, I don't, uh, as far as I'm, t- I'm hearing, we still are growing in population, unlike California that's losing people. So we know where most of our people are coming from. And it's, it's, it's kind of nice, but it's kind of disappointing when I hear some Californian people talk about how inexpensive homes are in Reno. And that's why they're moving here, where if you're living in Reno all your life, you're thinking, now I'm never going to be able to buy a home because the homes are so expensive and people are coming in and buying them. That is the biggest challenge that I have uh, for the people that I know that are lifelong residents of Nevada. It's almost like like they're being taken advantage of. Alan, they've been here all this time, all these lives. have All these lives have put uh, their efforts into making a good living, making a world for themselves and their families in Nevada. And many of them now can't buy homes because of the influx of new people coming in. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do, uh, you? you know, when I hear that story from people, uh, my heart reaches out to them. And I, I say I say that you, you can still buy a house here. What you need to do is sit down and come up with a plan of how it's going to happen. And sometimes maybe that's going to be doing a side gig. Maybe it's going to be doing something entrepreneurial on top of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, I know that's, and I know that's a challenge. But just sit down and start talking to people that have those abilities and people that have those ideas to help you make it happen. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's real. It, it really, you can buy a place. And I, I encourage my, my own children to buy a house right now. Yes, yes. I have a young person in my life, Alan, that has told me she wants to buy a house, has been telling me that for the last half a dozen years. However, that same individual has gone through a variety of automobiles travels all around the world, spends money like a drunken sailor, and even though has a little though has a little bit of cash still, 
Uh, the focus is not on buying a house. The focus is on having fun, traveling, dancing, eating, relaxing, vacations. When you have that kind of a focus, I wouldn't think it's very easy to buy a house. Right. You get a lot of experiences. That's that's for sure out of that. But I, I will tell you, I think that the, one of the greatest things fundamentally for my own financial success happened. Uh, I was 19. I was actually, excuse me, I was 20 years old. And I bought my first home when I was 20 years old. I'll be 52 here shortly. Wow, 20. Wow. Yeah. And and it. I know that my friends were, you know, having fun and partying and doing things, and and I and I had to settle down just a little bit for that. But within a short period of time, I launched ahead, and and it, it made all the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah. What a difference. Uh, when you get that knowledge early on, Alan. I didn't get real estate knowledge in my world until I was probably in my 40s. And so I'm still catching up. I'm still so far behind because I didn't have that mindset early. I wanted to just spend money, have fun, and go to parties, travel, and do all the things that young people want to do. And then before long, you realize I didn't think enough about saving some for a house, and it took me a long time to catch up. Since the time that I got into mortgage, I've worked on helping people that also can't or don't think they're going to buy a house, but one of the magical things that I learned about when I first got into mortgage, Alan Zane, was the manufactured home. And when I realized the difference in pricing of a manufactured home versus a traditional stick-built home, well, I just couldn't believe it. Um, the only real difference I saw was there's a slight increase in the interest rate, or there was at that time, of a manufactured home, but the prices were about half. And a lot of people that I was talking to in those days they were actually buying a piece of land, a little lot someplace, then going to buy a manufactured home and had it installed on that lot on a permanent foundation. And really in a matter of months, sometimes just weeks, that house was up. Do you think the manufactured home is still a viable alternative to people that are struggling with today's pricing and interest rates and all that? Yeah, I think, I think that a manufactured home is definitely a good way to get in. I think that any home that you can get into in this area is going to be a good thing that you can get into. And and I if if someone were to come to me and say, "Alan, I want to I, I want to increase my wealth. What's a battle plan for me to do?" And and it would say it was someone that was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'd tell him, Peter? Mm. Simple. I said, "I want you to buy a house with an FHA loan with a with a minimum down payment. And I want you to to buy that house and get it to where it's, you know, hold on to it in a short period of time. Buy another one in one or two more years." Buy 10 of those, every, one every 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Turn them into rentals, mm-hmm. right? At the end of that time, you're going to be sitting on until now, maybe it's a 30-year mortgage. 20 years later, 30 years after you bought your first one, you're going to start getting income from those properties that's going to go well into all of your retirement years. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's a stupid, simple plan that anybody can do that doesn't require anything other than a little bit of luck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone has that. And over a 10-year period, you're going to buy them right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, it it would sound kind of uh, onerous. It's a big, yeah. big project buying real estate, especially when you don't know anything about real estate. You don't know about the market. You don't know what a good price is for a property. You don't know what a good property is versus a bad property. That's where people really need experts like yourself, Alan, licensed real estate professionals. If somebody wants to reach you at Atlas Red Real Estate, talk about buying real estate for primary residence or investment purposes, what's the best way? You know, I want to tell you something before I tell you that, is that I am a real estate counselor. I am not a real estate salesman. 
And I think that's an important thing to know. So I'm not going to try and sell someone something. I'm going to actually sit down and figure out what the plan is and help them get into it that's going to really make sense for them. You can call me at 775-772-8638. I'm going to put all your contact information on our website, NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. Alan will make it easy for people to find you. When we come back, I'm going to look more at these stats from the Sierra Nevada Realtors. And Alan, I want to talk to you about the comparison of close closed sales here in northern Nevada as opposed to the population of the local communities and also talk about list price received. I remember last year some buyers were offering more than the seller was asking just so they would get the deal. That way uh, they would knock out some of the competition. Well, now that there's still a high demand but high interest rates, is that still the case? We'll find out after this. Time and time again, people come to Sage International Incorporated because they experience confusion about the entity or entities they have formed either on their own or through another service provider. If you do not understand how to obtain solid liability protection, effective tax reduction, or have never given any thought to the importance of exit or estate planning issues, then the Sage Facilitator Program was designed specifically for you. To learn more, call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 and schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill today. The Sage clients enrolled in the Sage Facilitator Program have discovered that this proprietary process creates tremendous peace of mind for themselves and their families. It's time for you to stop worrying by calling 775-786-5515 to learn more so we can help you today. Call Sage International. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. Next time on the Sherry Hill Show, I have Joy Hewer, who is the executive director of Girls on the Run the sherry hill show mondays 11 30 a.m and sundays at 1 p.m on 93.7 fm the sherry hill show where business is amplified with me in the studio today alan zane he's the owner of atlas red realty and the ant space networking location i love that ant space alan uh it could be a good place to have a party wouldn't it it is we we love having parties there how many people could you reasonably accommodate could you accommodate a couple hundred people if you had the whole campus in both buildings, yes. Uh-huh. Typically, the, the networking events that we have, we have about 50 to 60 people show up for those. And that's a pretty good amount of people. And you can really <laughs> get around and lots of laughter and people having yeah. fun. And, yeah. yeah, good. It could be a good, a good fun way to have a little party, do some great networking, and make a success out of your business with putting the right people together. Yeah. Alan Zane, I uh, traveled across the country part of the west here the last couple of months i went to new mexico colorado arizona utah spent about 10 days on the road was looking at the pricing and i was really surprised that homes in farmington new mexico homes in durango colorado uh, st george utah they're all priced kind of like reno and sparks Uh, there are some really expensive areas just like we have in klein village they have those same kinds of areas in and around their cities Um, it looks to me like reno's coming really down to the norm of what I'm seeing across the country. It's still higher than the median sales price across the country by, oh, about $150,000 to $175,000. But it seems to be coming more in line little by little. Um, what do you think? Is it maybe 
more people are discovering other parts of the country besides Reno, Nevada. It seemed like our place was the only one where Californians were coming to for a while. Yeah, I think we got the bulk of the people coming out of California initially. And then when, you know, when the advent of Zoom meetings and working from home and that sort of <coughs> proliferated around the country, everybody realized that they could r- really move everywhere. Yeah. They weren't locked into one exact exact place. So, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, pick your natural disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tornadoes, hurricanes, what do you like? Right, right. Here we get, we get a lot of smoke. Yeah, smoke, <laughs> you know, wind. Yeah that, yeah, that sort of thing. We really don't have a lot of, you know, we get some earthquake activity, but mm-hmm. they're relatively small. Yeah. And uh, don't get, you know, I think we get winds. It's probably our, our biggest um, boon here is winds and, mm-hmm. you know. and Yeah, so the danger here is fire, smoke. Yep. And once the wind catches that, it takes off. But for the most part, I think we have a much more um, stable climate than much of the country does when you look at the news anyway. You look at the Weather Channel, there's always stuff going on big time uh, on either coast, on the top of the country, the bottom of the country. Fortunately, here in Reno, we deal with a little bit of smoke, a little bit of wildfire. Uh, If we can get through that, then we're typically okay. So not that I'm working for the Chamber of Commerce, but it's no (laughs) wonder people want to move to northern Nevada. Last year, median home prices uh, peaked in June. I remember they hit uh, $675,000 for a median home price in Reno Sparks. This year, they're back down a little bit, Alan, uh, but a lot more stability than I expected. One of the things, though, and it's pretty natural when we see it, is that the number of closed sales per month this year is down from last year. Obviously, that has to do with the, oh, the demand, the supply the interest rates, so many things, but it's it's really disappointing to see when you, we live in an area, Alan, I figure we have anywhere from 450 to half a million people in the Reno Sparks, northern Nevada area, conservatively. We only have 300 to 400 deals on a given month. That's a minute fraction of a fraction in transactions. It's almost unbelievable, Alan. I know this doesn't include new construction. I know that, but there's not that much new construction. It can't be. 320 deals in June is what we had. Probably 375 is what we had in July. Still, when you look at 400-plus thousand people, it's pretty hard to believe that there's such a low amount of deals done. Yeah, I think the number one thing that I hear from clients is, Alan, I'm just not finding what I want yet. And if because if they're gonna pay this, you know, these prices and pay with this interest rate, they're gonna get what they want. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, in my in my experience, that's what that's what I'm hearing. That's why we're not having as many deals closing out there. So th- there's no uh, statistic on pickiness, <laughs> but that's just it. Really, is people are really more picky now because when the prices get up to this level, it better be right. That's right. It better be the right deal better be the right neighborhood it better, better be the right color everything might be right has to be right the higher the prices right well, i mean when the prices are low you know i can fix that i can add there i can take that off i can call my buddy he can change that but when you're paying over six hundred thousand dollars for a home do you really want to get a fixer upper not necessarily unless it's worth a million after you fix it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i'm talking about most yeah. people feel like for that kind of money they should get a taj mahal right a palace if you will but when you look at some of these deals that are going for 300, 400, 500, half a mil, some of them, Alan, they just don't look like what I would expect for that kind of money. But it is a different time now. 2012, that was about 100 years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a different world. 
was a different world. The price per square foot received last year was over 100% for the most part because people were overbidding when they would offer to buy a house, Alan. I remember we were at about 102% was the average last year in May of 2022, which was telling me there's probably some deals that went for 103%, maybe 105%, maybe some a little under 100% because it is an average. But for the most part, people were paying more than was being asked for because they wanted to make sure their offer got accepted. This year, the prices versus what is being, um, the prices asked for versus what's being offered, pretty close to 100%. The last report I see was just over 99%. So that tells me that maybe the sellers are making a little concession in their price or in other things. What are some of the concessions besides price, Alan, that they could be considering? Well, there's seller credits for one thing. There could be some additional um, monies paid um, as far as prepaying some of the uh, ongoing expenses. I've seen someone pay taxes going forward, um, Mm. some of those special deals, right? You can pay taxes in advance. In advance, yes. Yeah, and so if the seller does that for the buyer, maybe pays another year's of taxes, saves them some money, hundreds of dollars maybe. Right. And I'll tell you the simplest one. The simplest one, if you, because always try start and see if you can solve the problem with the simplest matter yep. before you start getting super creative. Let's try and solve it simply first. And the simplest one is to ask for a seller credit and use that money to either pay those the the the, the uh, some of the closing costs or to pay to buy that rate down to an acceptable level mm-hmm. for a long period of time where you can actually have that lower payment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that case. If you gave them their asking price, that would still show as a property selling at 100% asking price because it doesn't take into account what the seller concessions are. For Interesting. That Interesting. So when we're looking at these median sales prices, that's before any seller credits. Correct. I see that. Very interesting. So maybe we should not get so uh, disillusioned when we see these uh, median sales prices. Uh, if we think to the uh, fact that you pointed out, Alan, that maybe there's a chance to lower that in a way by asking for those seller credits or maybe getting some some assistance on a interest rate buy down heck an interest rate buy down could save you thousands of dollars over the course of that loan right right so that could make a huge huge difference um, some of the people that are looking to get into homes may be aware of uh, but maybe don't know uh, a lot about the grant and assistant programs that are available. I know, Alan, that there's the VA mortgage doesn't even require a down payment. The USDA mortgage, zero down payment. But sometimes uh, the down payment isn't the only issue. Uh, there are other factors involved. Um, what are what are some of the things that people need to look at besides the down payment, the interest rate, to make sure that that house, that that deal is right for them? Well, the number one thing that they're going to look at for any type of a conventional loan, and probably for even if you're trying to do like a private loan, is going to be that the income is there to actually make the payment. Income. Income is the number one thing. Yep, yep. Income is the key there. Uh, I was talking with somebody about homeowners associations and many homes that are being sold nowadays, Alan. They're part of a homeowners association, and that means monthly homeowners association dues. Uh, that due that you have to pay has to be factored into your overall mortgage calculation. And sometimes, you know, those mortgage uh, in, uh, applications are impacted severely when you've got real high homeowners association costs. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that uh, those HOA dues in a lot of cases are starting to get way out of control. I understand. On, on, on one level, because all of their expenses are going up for the maintenance and things they do for the common areas. So that that is a factor, but 
Yeah, that's those HOA dues can really have an impact. If somebody was looking for a home, they've got two prospect uh, prospective homes they want to buy. One has HOA dues, one doesn't. Uh, what are your thoughts? Which one would, do you think on the surface would have the, the better opportunity? Well, I think the better opportunity would be the one without, without the HOA, but, and there's a big but here, drive through the neighborhood. Do people in that neighborhood, do they naturally want to take care of their properties? Or do they need an HOA to force them to take care of their properties? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, not all neighborhoods with, with HO without an HOA are, in my, in my term, advisable. But you should certainly take a look at it because you can get a much better deal. It could save you. I mean, I've seen HOA dues from th- range from three hundred dollars to eight hundred dollars a month. Right. You've got to talk to your mortgage lender if you're getting a mortgage about the impact of homeowners association dues on your application. Sometimes those dues might be so high, you can't afford the home. Regardless, we encourage everybody to consider becoming a homeowner if you're not, buying a second home if you already have a home, make good income on a rental property, or considering other types of real estate investments because it always seems to me, Alan, in the long run, real estate only goes in one direction, up. True. I want to thank you for being with me on the show today. Thank you, Peter. I really appreciate it. If somebody wants to reach you, give us your phone number and email or website. Okay. My cell phone number is 775-772-8638. Email address, iSellNevada at gmail.com. And then our website, atlasredrealty.com. We'll put all that information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. Make it easy for people to find you. Thanks for being with us today. Alan Zane. Thank you, Peter. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. We're on the air again next week, same time, same station. Tell your friends and family to tune in, and then they can make a great deal too when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Come come to the ant space. You don't have to be alone. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to Peter at NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. Next time on the Sherry Hill Show, I have Joy Hewer, who is the executive director of Girls on the Run Sierras. This organization has a positive impact on all participants, especially girls who enter the program with lower perceptions of their physical, social, and emotional competencies. Join us to learn how Girls on the Run Sierras can help your daughter, niece, granddaughter, or anyone in your circle that's a young girl. The Sherry Hill Show, Mondays, 1130 a.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. on 93.7 FM. The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.